We want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. What a weekend. What a freaking weekend for Cats baseball, man. I'm jumping right into it. You're listening here on Wildcat 919 New Music Now. This is Settling the Score. I'm Colin Settling. We have we have a score to settle today. Joined to my left in front of me adjacently is always the ever so loyal Nate Gray. Nate, what happened this weekend? I mean, starting with Cats baseball? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. You know, I saw... I was I I saw the Texas Southern baseball team at Chipotle on Thursday night, and I just wanted to tell them. I wanted to like pop my head. I was walking by, so I didn't I didn't say anything to them. But I wanted to pop my head in and go, "You guys better better bring your A game because the cats are the cats are swinging swinging right now." And boy, the were cats they swinging. are swinging. They, I mean, wow. Do you, Nate? Do you know how many total? Do you okay? So you saw all the scores we put up. 47 runs in That's three games. <laughs> 47. We outscored, K-State outscored Texas Southern 47 to 11 in three games. 16 to 4, 15 to 6, 16 to 1. Run ruled in every single game, I believe. Which Sa- Saturday s- might not have been a run rule, but I know, I know for a fact that Friday and Sunday – were the run rule games mm-hmm. yeah. where they end in like Which the 6th or the 7th. I inning. think it, it's it's past the 7th inning if it's, they're up by 10 runs. Yeah, it's like 12 after 12 after <clears throat> 6, 10 after 7 and then like 8 after 9 or something like that. Something like that. Something whatever the run rule is, I've been there. I hate it's it. Crazy to me Getting run, run ruled is not college. fun. That's yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, also, I was thinking yeah. the same thing. I was no, like, I did. I did hear. I believe that's only in non-conference games okay. for travel purposes. Like okay. it's because they that, have to, like you know that would make especially if you know <clears throat> Texas Southern is getting beat by 15 runs. I don't think. And they got to turn around and head back to Texas <laughs> right they after. They got to drive like, eight yeah. hours back yeah. down there. Yeah. Probably more than that. They're Southern. Southern they're Texas Southern. Southern Texas, so they're probably so they're probably yeah. closer to 10 hours down there. <clears throat> that or I I mean, do you think they would have drove or would they have flown? You know. I figured they would have flown. See, me too. But I was driving to Chick-fil-A, and I saw the Texas Southern bus in the Walmart parking lot, which also was kind of funny. I was like, why are you guys at Walmart? What are you guys doing at Walmart? (laughs) But I saw them around town quite a bit. I was like, this is kind of weird. You guys are out a lot. So maybe they did road trip. I don't know. Coming up later on the show today, I'm very excited. This is a guy that I've wanted to talk to for quite some time. It's Clint, the K-State fan. On Twitter, he used to uh, own the... K, the at the K State fan Twitter account. He was followed by like Michael Bishop. I know, uh, 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 like Aaron Lockett followed him. Like there, like he was a high. He's not a K State fan. He's the K. He is fan. the K yeah. State fan. You got to clear that up because yes. he's not. He is there's no K State fan bigger fan. than him. No, it's it's like him and Snyder's windbreaker and God, I can't. It's like those those two have to be the top two. Oh, yeah, like K State. Twitter. It's those two guys. But that account got suspended. He has a new account. He's coming on the show. We're going to talk some Cats football. A little sneak peek to what's coming up. We're going to talk about the draft as well. But as of right now, Nate, if I had to describe... Because we, we just talked about the demolishing of this uh, of this Texas Southern 
sweep here. If you had to describe this this series in five seconds, how would you do it? Five seconds? I'd just say a massacre. One. I, I uh, give me like two seconds. Stop! <laughs> he's already dead. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the Simpsons. That's it. It's yeah. the Simpsons. Yeah. yeah, he's already dead. Like you. Wow. I have not. I just haven't. They had. What was it? It was. Uh, I saw the stat online. It was like four. Was it twelve runs in on so Friday? Was it twelve runs in the first inning? In the bottom of the first, like I they faced so. like fourteen batters, gave yeah. up eighteen hit. No, that doesn't make sense. They faced eighteen bat. No, whatever. They faced a lot of batters and they gave up a lot of hits and they gave up twelve runs in the bottom of the first. And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, that is insane. And to go along with that, you have Chris Ceballos who, by the way, won the Big 12 Player of the Week because mm-hmm. uh, he, he did this over the weekend. And he drives one deep towards left field. How about a fourth straight day with a home run for Chris Ceballos? What a weekend for Ceballos. Ten RBIs in three games. Not only that, I believe that was yesterday, but on Saturday... He went out and did this, and I just need to give credit to Brian Smoller, for, who's, who's on the call here. We've had him on the show before. Who's on the call here for the play-by-play. It reminded, you know, he's doing a great job. I absolutely love Brian Smoller, but if there's one guy that I would ever want to call this play, it's Dave Niehaus, and I attached it to the end of this here, and I'll play the whole clip because I just think it's phenomenal. Ceballos drives one deep towards left field, and God, a grand slam to cap it off here in the first. And here comes the 2-2 pitch to Edgar Martinez now, and a fastball swung on and hit the deep center field. Bernie Williams goes back, and it is! Get out the right bread and the mustard this time, Grandma! It is a grand salami! And the Mariners lead it 10-6! That's that is one of the, if not the greatest call I think I've ever heard in my entire life. The the grand salami caught that because that whole on a tangent here, that whole Mariners like storyline is absolutely insane. They were trying to save their stadium. They have who is a uh, uh, Randy Johnson on the mound. Mm-hmm. You have the Griffies who it's that yeah. whole that whole team and the whole story of that team is absolutely phenomenal. And I think that call right there just encapsulates that entire Mariners team. I don't know baseball. Baseball home run calls I think are some of my favorite like calls because like especially playoff baseball ones like the the Jose Bautista one where they were down big and then he hits the home run and throws the bat. Like I don't know those those calls are so hard to to be bad, but when they're good, they're so good. A couple other calls I really like that I wanted to play here, my boy. Zach Kikoska came out and absolutely did his best Bo Jackson impression and just gunned this dude down at home plate from right field. And a base hit through the right side against the drawn-in infield. Tumbling around third is Claiborne. He will be out. What a throw from Kikoska. Hey, Claiborne can run. That did a great job. Kikoska did a great job. Charged the ball, came up, gave a perfect one hop. 
to, it was beautiful. Uh, the play, the play. He's kind of like halfway into the outfield. You know, he was playing a little bit more shallow, but the dude coming around, coming around third could run. You heard, mm-hmm. you heard coach say it. It was he can move, yeah. and for him to be able to just and it bounced right in front of home plate too. It just like a little one hopper. It was uh, Kaplinger. He had to dig for it like a tiny bit and just came around and applied the tag. Just chef's kiss. Beautiful. Kikoska also hit a home run. Don't have a clip of that. But what I do have, the man of the hour, aside from Chris Ceballos, the man of the hour is Chad freaking Shade, man. Dude comes out first ever career start, right? Comes out not expecting much. He gets his first career hit. But not only was it a career, his first career hit, it was a freaking home run at that. Chad Shades sends a high fly ball to left, and he finally get it. It is near the fence. It is gone. He did it. Look at the Wildcat dugout and bullpen going nuts. That is fantastic. Young man, practice. Did everything all season long, gets an opportunity. That is a feel-good moment for him. It is incredible. You you love to see that type of stuff when mm-hmm. it's like the guy that never really gets to get out there, you know, he comes to practice every day, he grinds, and then he gets his moment, right? And he takes full advantage of it. And that's that's that type of stuff that I that I absolutely love. Not that I know anything about Chad Shade, but definitely, definitely a fan of that guy. For the rest of the season now, mm-hmm. yeah, those those stories like that are fun. So yeah, excited. I mean, I don't. I think a lot of guys who like don't typically play were getting time this weekend just because it was a. It was you know, there's no point in no point in like wrecking your starters yeah. in a game like that. It's, I was disappointed with that with Jordan Wicks. I wanted to see how far he could go, but they took him out in like the sixth inning. And I was like, eh. it makes sense. I no, it's it may, a, it's the it's right like, decision. It's definitely it's like the right. But you I was go just, into you go into week seventeen and you're already playoff bound and mm-hmm. you don't want to risk you know getting the starters hurt, so you just put in the back yeah. No, it definitely so made sense. But I was like, dang, I want to see how far that would have been if he could go like complete like game. a no hitter. Yeah. Well, that no, he been. had he had already given up hits. But, no, but that would have been that would have been cool. Well, he had his first three innings were perfect, and so I was like, he throws a perfect game today, but he didn't. Could have been cool. Would have been cool. Fell just a bit short. Looking at the Big 12 standings right now, Texas is no longer in first place. The TCU In the Big 12, TCU has taken over. Texas lost three games over the past week. One to Oklahoma State, and then they lost two games to Texas Tech Hmm. over last weekend. So, how the standings look right now, TCU, who K-State <laughs> has here in was it two and a half weeks? Yeah, two Three weeks, weeks now, we have Baylor, KU, and then uh, TCU. TCU is now ranked number three in the nation. Texas is number six in the nation now. Mm. So, TCU at 15-3, and 33-10 overall. They are uh, at the top. They're two games up from Texas. Texas is in second at 15-3 and three in the Big 12. Then you have Texas Tech, who's ten and eight in the Big Twelve. Then Baylor, who's seven and eight. Oklahoma State, eight and ten. K State and Oklahoma are both six and nine in the Big Twelve. But K State has five more wins than Oklahoma does, which is what kind of puts them. They also won that series, series which is what yeah. puts them above. Then West Virginia and KU, bringing up the rear. Whatever, doesn't matter. We are looking forward to what is to come, and what is to come is this Baylor team who I will say 
looks to be a bit similar to this K-State squad. Baylor right now is 27 and 13 overall. K-State is uh 27 and 16. Yes, overall. And you look at the comparison of these two teams, and statistically, I'm just talking statistically here, these teams are quite similar. Mm -hmm. I will say K-State's batting average is 281 compared to Baylor's 303. So they're hitting the ball quite well. I think you look at, what was I looking at earlier? On-base percentage, they're on base uh, 389. So about... 39% 39% of the time yeah, they're getting good. on base, yeah. which is which is quite impressive. And you look at that, then you have stolen bases per game for Baylor's about .55. So they're going to move a tiny bit. I don't think they're going to be like a West Virginia team. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to be like an Oklahoma team that's going to want to get on base and just absolutely start running because they can't swing the bat as well. Because looking at this, Baylor swings the bat well. Yeah. If as a team average they're batting 300, I think that's, that's good. quite for impressive. For a whole team, yeah. That's exactly, for impressive. for a whole team. But yeah, I don't think that they're going to be a team that's going to steal a ton. I think that they'll probably get they're they're going to get on base. That's just how it is. We've seen how K-State's pitching has struggled slightly over the past few weeks depending on who's starting what day, you know, coaches moving moving guys around cuz you had uh Connor McCullough started on Saturday. He started on a couple Sundays. You have Casey Ford, who started on Sunday. You have Connor McCullough, who's been kind of starting in different places. I think Jordan Wicks is pretty much solidified as the Friday night guy, mm-hmm. maybe a Saturday McCullough night guy. Is probably the, the Saturday. And McCullough's probably the Saturday, and then you can throw Casey Ford and uh, Carson Seymour pretty much wherever, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite impressed with the bullpen for K-State. Yeah, the bullpens looked really strong. I I mean, yeah, the pitching staff in general looks really good, and I'm I'm super super excited to see cuz I think baseball is one of those sports that pitching can be hit or miss, especially in the regular season. It it went pitching is is it wins you games, but it means a lot more when you get into postseason. And so seeing how the pitching performs in um Big 12 tournament, possibly into the NCAA tournament is going to be that's I mean it's it'll be a big question, but I'm confident with where they are because if they can sneak into the NCAA tournament, that could I mean, that would be that would be incredible mm-hmm, for a team awesome. that I think is a lot more talented than people are giving credit for you to talk <clears> about. <throat> you know, just look alone at Chris Tobias. He's homered in the last four games that he's played. So, and I think he's DHing now as well. So, I I feel really good about this team. Looking at the pitching staff for Baylor. Probably going to see a lot of Tyler Thomas. He's pitched the most innings out of anyone on the team right now. Then you have Hayden Kettler, uh, Jimmy Winston, and then Blake Helton as well. I think those are probably going to be the four guys that we're going to see the most. Just in talking of innings pitched, these are the guys that are getting out there the most. I think that, you know, we'll probably – because you look at Tyler Thomas – uh, he has 61 strikeouts, which is quite nice, actually. And then Hayden Kettler has 31 strikeouts. And then you just go, you can go down the list and see all these guys and how, you know, whatever, right? Thomas, or Tyler Thomas, sorry, their names are backwards on the, the sheet I'm looking at. He's an ERA of 205. Hayden Kettler, 371. Jimmy Winston, 281. And Blake Helton, 329. So they're all pretty down there. 
and I think we're going to see a lot of these guys. So I think that's probably, at least from what I've looked at and the stats and what I've seen from this Baylor team, that's what we're going to be seeing is just kind of a preview for everyone out there that's wanting to know what to look forward to going into this Baylor series. Yeah, and like you said, Baylor being a pretty similar team to K-State, um, all of these series down the stretch are series they need to win um, just to improve their chance of sneaking into the tournament, maybe in an at-large spot. Um, obviously, it's going to be pretty difficult to win the Big 12 tournament. Sure, they can do it, though, but it'd be difficult. So you want to kind of bank on trying to get one of those at-large spots, and to do that, you got to win these series. So they got to at least win the series here next weekend you got to win the series, but I would argue next weekend you kind of need to sweep KU. With KU holding up the bottom of the conference, you got to really like make a statement, and I think that would be that would be big. Yeah, I think just to build off of that point, looking at uh, just the Big 12 standings, like we were saying, going into the Big 12 tournament, I think being in the middle top tier of the pack is what's best. I think for a team like K-State right now to where you don't have to go out and play Texas Tech, you don't have to go out and play Texas or TCU or any of those top-tier teams, if you can come out and win this Baylor series and be up a game on Baylor at that point, or I think you'd be you'd be tied at that point with Baylor if you win this series because you're one game back right now, I think that K-State would have a really good chance. They'd go up against either Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You know, a team, they, they, K-State struggled against Oklahoma State, but I think they worked out those kinks. They got the bats flying a little bit better now. The pitching staff has started to improve as time has gone on this semester. But, no, I think if K-State can lock in that four or five spot right in the middle of the Big 12 because Iowa State does not have a baseball team. We only have mm-hmm. nine teams. So there is going to be a play-in. I believe, right? Would you assume that there'd be a play-in game with the with the two bottom? Would it be West Virginia and KU? Well, I don't know if this is how they. Still, I, I see that's the thing is I don't I don't know how they set it up. I don't know if they still do this, but I know that the way they used to do it was it was rather than like a straight up tournament, it was like two pools, and then the winners of the pools played in like a championship. I don't know if that's how they still do it, but I know that's how they they used to. You at would one still point. have an odd number. Of teams in a pool, I don't know. That just doesn't make sense. That's how it used to be. I don't know if that's. I don't know what the format is now. I'll do but, some digging. Yeah. I'll look into that. But yeah, I think the yeah, that's really weird. Looking at whatever. Well, <laughs> I think the the best spot right now for K State is either the four or the five spot. They're currently sixth right now in the Big Twelve, which means they would go up against either Baylor or Texas Tech, depending on who gets in and who doesn't. So. I think if K-State can come out and beat Baylor, they come out and sweep KU, and then possibly, here's the deal, I would love for K-State to win the TCU series. Do I think it can happen? Yes. Is it probable? Not likely. That is my, that's my thought on that, is I want to keep hope and keep, you know, things upbeat with this team and keep, you know, staying on top of things, but I just... Sometimes you need to be realistic. I think that's that's the biggest part of it. And you look at you know we be we we won the Texas Tech series when Tech was uh, uh, number three in the nation. So you know anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also important to stay realistic and not get ahead of yourself in you know what you think is going to happen there. I really think that K State can take this Baylor series. I really think that K State can take the KU series. But I'm still optimistic 
about the TCU series. Hopefully they can get one game, maybe two if they're lucky. They're not going to sweep TCU. That's not going to happen. But it is a home series. I think that's also important. There's more capacity in the stadium right now. I think the fans have really helped with the atmosphere playing at home. You also had how many games have they played in a row now at home? It's Quite a like, few, but they don't have a game at home for another like two weeks now. No, so they so, got a little break. But I think it's because it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games in a row at home now, which is honestly really awesome. I think for this team to help them get back into the groove of things. Then, like I said, you bring the capacity back up to where it needs to be, which I think is you know close to fifty percent. If we can get a hundred percent there, that would be absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, I feel I feel good going forward. I think they can win the Baylor series. I know that they can win the KU series. KU is not good at baseball and not really good at anything anything else either this year. So, so the, the the format I Yes, yeah, so please. The, yeah, the that, format, that's pretty much all I had to say there. And I think I think hopefully they can steal one from TCU. So the format used to be like that round robin like pool play. Only when we had like the, the twelve big twelve teams. So yeah. That was earlier. I don't know why I was thinking of that, but um so now it's an eight-team double elimination tournament, so the bottom team just doesn't make it in. Whoever is the dead last team just doesn't make the tournament. Say that, say that one more time. It's just an eight-team double elimination tournament. So it's the same okay. style as the College World Series, okay. um, but the, the ninth team just doesn't make it in. So assuming KU stays, oh, okay. then they okay, won't so make there's it. No so you actually have to like, make the tournament. You actually have to make the tournament. Okay. But pretty much everyone does except for the worst two. Except- which, Which makes I, it I love that it's KU. Mm-hmm. Can we? Oh, it is nice. That's oh my god. Yes! 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 Whenever something bad happens to KU, it's always a time to rejoice, yeah. and it just makes me happy. Mm-hmm. It also makes me happy that everyone here is listening in on Wildcat 91.9 New Music Now. This is Settling the Score. I'm your host, Colin Settle, joined, as always, by Nate Gray. And, Nate, do you, uh, do you have something you'd like to share with us? I do. This week? I do have something I'd like to share. Do you know what time it is? I know what time it is. None of you seem to understand. I'm not locked in here with you. <laughs> You're locked in here with me. Hey, freak show! You're going nowhere! It's time for Nate's Lock of the Week. Nate, you are not a betting man, not at all, not in the slightest. But if you had to, where would you where would you advise the people to lock in their picks this week? So uh, the Twins and the Rangers are playing tonight. The Twins coming off a series win against the Royals. The Royals didn't play well. But the Rangers, who I was expecting to be a lot worse, and the Twins, who I was expecting to be a lot better, the Rangers are looking better than I thought they'd look. Are they last in their division? Yes. Their division's fairly tight, though. They're not stinking up the bottom of the league like I thought they would. They're not great, but they're, they're not as bad as I thought they would. So, that being said, they're pretty heavy underdogs against Minnesota tonight. And Kenta Maeda, one of the t- uh, Twins' better starters, is playing for him, or who should be. But he hasn't had a very good year this year. He's looked pretty rough. Um, so, the Twins are minus 177. Pretty heavy money line favorites. Um... But I'm going to go ahead and take the Rangers. Um, let's see. Let me pull this up. I'm going to go ahead and take the Rangers plus 162. So I like them as the uh, the underdog. I just think um, 
obviously the Twins are probably a more talented team. Originally, I did think that the Twins uh, were going to be uh, probably most likely the team to take home the the AL Central. Um, obviously, they're heating up, like I said, with the um, good series against the Royals. But um, I don't know. I will say I just think the Rangers, I think they're going to get it done tonight. I think, obviously, just the fact that they're such – um, heavy underdogs really is what I mean. Kind of makes me, kind of makes me intrigued by that pick. But um, yeah, I, I like the Rangers tonight. I think they're going to get it done. So not taking much, uh, not not really taking a whole lot from their their series win against the Royals last weekend. I do think there's something to be said for it because I think they're a talented team. Um, but I also just think the Royals pitching in the games they lost was horrible. So I don't think there's a whole lot to be taken from that. Um, I do think they'll put it together, but I, I still like the Rangers tonight. So for my lock, we're locking in Rangers money line at plus 162. More baseball talk. And everyone loves baseball. Yep. But you know who else I love more than baseball? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. It's Clint, the K-State fan. Hey, can you hear me? Are you, are you with us? Can you hear us? Yeah, I've got you. Perfect. Hey, I appreciate you coming on the show. We had some issue with the phone there. We got it figured out. Thank you, Nate, for letting the people uh, hear your lock. And here's here's the deal. Here's the first question that I kind of wanted to get into. I talked about it at the top of the show, Clint, but I think it's really just you and Snyder's windbreaker kind of at the top of the K-State Twitter charts. Do you... It, who would you else put up there, like in that that tier list, that S A tier list that you're at right now? Oh man, I think there's a lot of them. I mean, I love interacting with the the KSO guys, Derek Young. Um, some of my favorites are the sidelines K State guy. Uh, there's a guy who goes by Nordy Jelson. He's always a good time. And, yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, a big I'm a big fan spot. of Nordy as well. I so. <laughs> You have a second account now. You're on. You're on the 2.0. What is the story behind how you lost the K State fan? It just got suspended. What is what happened? So when I made my highlight videos, as I was going through and just making videos for old players, I would uh, find a song to go along with the highlight video. Didn't want it to be dead air with the video, so I'd go on YouTube and I download some song. If it was a player from 1995, I tried to find some old 1995 song to go along with it, thinking it was pretty innocent. You know, just got a small-time Twitter account. No one's paying attention. But apparently someone on Twitter was paying attention, so all those were being flagged. <laughs> well, I mean, and, yeah, because uh, you had how many how many followers did you have on that original? It was, it was in the thousands, right? Yeah, it was up 6,000-something, I think. Which is incredible because now you look at the you look at the account now and you already have back up to around eleven hundred, getting closer to twelve hundred now. Is there and this is kind of something I wanted to get into later as well, just kind of talking with the Twitter talk. Do you have like a favorite person that you like to? Because there's the there's the K State group, right? You have like you, you have Nordy Jelson. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. You have uh, uh, the Bosco's boys guys, of course, guys mm-hmm. that. Uh, we're good friends with, like you said, the sideline guys. Is there is there like, do you just enjoy interacting with the whole group, or is there a certain person that you think you like to uh, interact with more than others? Honestly, the people I love interacting with are the the guys who disagree with me. Like I'll make a ranking list 
and some people just will not agree with me on any single thing that I post out there. And I, I love it. That's why I do it is to actually get some conversation going. Speaking of guys yeah. that make ranking lists, can we talk about this Boomer Sooner account that is making all of these honestly horrible ranking lists? In my opinion, what are your thoughts on that? Because I I, I am not a fan he's of that guy at all. Exactly, <laughs> he's doing exactly what I want to be doing. He's he's getting a discussion going. I'm kind of a you know I've disagreed with just about every K State thing he's put out, but he 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 does all this research apparently. I don't know how he could track down all these people from every single school. And he's not just doing players. He's, uh, he just had, like, the best restaurant, which he had a horrible take on Manhattan. It was horrible. Had varsity Donuts. Yeah. Not yeah, that Varsity the Donuts isn't great, but that's not a restaurant. No. And then he had but the best, like, pizza place in every college town, and he had, like, Chuck E. Cheese for Alabama. Yeah. Like, Alabama, what, what is probably I, is I don't know. Never, I, been, never had pizza in Alabama. Never had pizza yeah. in Alabama. Never yeah. been to the Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Maybe it's just the greatest thing in Alabama. Maybe it really is, but yeah. I, I, I don't know. Were you able to catch any of? I assume you watched uh, the NFL draft, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I was here last Thursday with Paxson and a bunch of other guys that were we were doing a live draft party. I know Nate, you probably have some takes here on the draft as well. Clint, I just wanted to get your thoughts, uh, initial reactions on on the draft. Who won, lost, some sleeper picks, reaches. I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts coming out of this weekend? Well, I actually think this was probably the least amount of NFL draft I have ever watched in my adult life. You know, the Chiefs traded away their first round pick. K State was going to get some guys late, maybe, but nobody early. I was following along on Twitter, but I actually didn't watch a second of it. And Nate. What are your thoughts there on? Because you, Clint, you brought up the Chiefs trading out. Nate, what are your thoughts on the Chiefs' draft and how they how they handled things this year? I really thought they did a great job. I thought linebacker was, I linebacker was what I wanted them to address first, and they did that with Nick Bolton from Missouri. Um, obviously, the offensive line was a problem. They got some good offensive linemen. Uh, got a wide receiver or two, tight end. I, I honestly think they addressed all their needs pretty well. I would have liked maybe another cornerback just to build some more depth there, but um, I thought there was a great draft. The one thing I will say, and this was kind of just like a like a my like dream draft pick, was if um, Jeremiah Owosu Kormara, if he fell my like he fell out he of the first far. round, he which was hard. which was crazy to me that he wasn't in the first round. So after that, I was like, okay, if he falls out of the top half of the second round, the Chiefs got to trade up and get him because that would be crazy. And sure enough, he fell to like 52. And I was like, please, please trade up and draft him. And they didn't. But because um, I knew he wasn't falling all the way to 58. But um, yeah, that was my like, my kind of. I was hoping like, they were going to get Briley Moore in the seventh. That would yeah. have been, well, been nice. Sweet. And that's, that's a perfect segue now, kind of getting into the K State side of things. You had, spoiler alert. Big boy of the week this week. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to play the intro. Big. So Clint, what we do on the show? Big boy of the week. You know, linemen are the are the first ones to get blamed for everything. Last ones to get praised. I'm I'm switching the script. Right. I'm flipping it over. I'm a bigger guy myself. We award the big guys. We give them some praise this week. It's Wyatt Hubert. He got drafted to the Bengals. Looking also at Briley Moore signed with the Titans as an undrafted free agent. AJ Parker mm-hmm. to the Lions, Elijah Sullivan to the 49ers, and then Keandre Thomas to the Browns. What are your thoughts here? Do you think that you know I I thought that Briley might get picked up 
in the seventh. I was following along pretty much all weekend. I saw, obviously, I don't know all the names, but I, I followed along pretty closely. And I really thought that, you know, other than White, Hubert, Briley Moore, maybe even Elijah Sullivan could have gotten taken, like, late seventh round. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts after that? After Briley Moore's big pro day, I thought for sure he was going to get drafted. I know the experts were still saying he was going to be a free agent, but I really thought he had a good chance. But I think he fell in a pretty good spot. Tennessee, they lost their starter. I looked up who their new starter was going to be. Never heard of him. So I hope he has a good chance to make the team and get some playing time. No, yeah, because they trade Jonu Smith to the Patriots. And then, I don't know, did you think that AJ, because the only two names that aren't on the list here are Justin Hughes uh, and my boy, Blake Lynch. Do you think that Blake those guys Lynch, are going to yeah. get picked up anywhere? I know my brother's a big Cardinals fan, and he talks about how horrible the Cardinals kicking is, and how he wants Blake Lynch really bad. Do you think that Blake? Do you think it's a size thing with Blake, or do you think it's an age thing with Justin? Do you think it's an injury thing? I don't know. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on all these guys and where they went, and you know how they're going to do in the NFL. Blake Lynch doesn't have a huge leg. Uh, he's super accurate. If I was running an NFL team, I would value the really accurate guy over the huge leg, but it seems like all they want is somebody who can nail 56 yarders. I don't think that's in Blake Lynch's wheelhouse. Although I'll tell you, that, that kick he had that was when the, in two years ago against Iowa State in the swirling winds, and he just nailed it. I mean, I did not expect him to make that. That was really impressive. Cause that... uh, so I, I hope he gets a chance. I think he could do well if he just – was able to try out for a team, but like I said, I think they're looking for somebody with a huge leg. I don't uh, know. Justin I think Hughes. Devin Ankle might disagree a little bit there because I when I when I talked with Devin, he said that he could hit he could hit sixty five yarders in practice, and I yeah, thought that, that was pretty I, impressive. I'm still surprised he didn't. Get more, <laughs> I don't think he ever even got a tryout, did he? I don't know. No, I I know that. He's definitely been kicking around a little bit. I'd seen videos on Twitter and I stuff like that. I can't believe he didn't get a tryout. I know, anything. which is insane considering how how high he oh, – I just – I love Blake Lynch so much. You, yeah. you don't even know. The other thing that I kind of wanted to get into here is, you know, we see all these guys get drafted. Hopefully they can, you know, perform well. But with players getting drafted, that also means that K-State is losing players. I want to get your thoughts – Going into because I know you're you're a super smart guy. You post all the videos. You got all the stats. You got all these lists and boards up. It's I actually you're probably one of my favorite accounts on Twitter just in terms of K State content. What are your thoughts that. going into this next season for football? Do you have predictions, players to watch for? Just what what do you what are you thinking right now going in, especially after how last season ended? I think last year sucked, but it. Had a lot to do with COVID. I think the fact that uh, we had players going out with COVID and that we were just so thin, you know, we couldn't have many injuries. And then once we had players going out with COVID, and then it was just over for us. I feel a lot better about this year. We got Skyler coming back. We got Jerron McPherson, who I think had an amazing first half of the year. He was dealing with some nagging injuries for the second half. He's back. I think he's going to be big for the defense. Uh, Echo Boydo, we got Julius Brents. I think our secondary looks great for starters, but almost no depth. I think that's our biggest weak spot, secondary depth. I know the coaches are still looking for transfer players. Hope we can get a few. 
if somehow a miracle happens, nobody gets injured all year, I think we're going to have a really successful year, but we're only a few injuries away from having kind of an average year. Are you are you a Skylar Thompson guy? Because I'm I'm quite a big Skylar Thompson guy. I know that he has his fair share, and, they, and granted, it is fair share of criticism. Are you are you a big Skylar Thompson guy, or how are you feeling about Will Howard and uh, Jake Rubley? Skylar Thompson, week to week, you, at some points you think he's going towards an All Big Twelve season, and then other times not so great. So I love him, and then I don't love him, but mostly I love him. <laughs> How are you feeling about the running back room? Because I know that that was a big question last year. I figure we could just address each position. And, you know, I I feel pretty decent going in because I know before the season started, obviously Deuce Vaughn comes in and just blows it out of the water. But I know before the season started, there was a lot of questions around the running back room and the offensive line. And I know that you put out this huge list of, like, the all-time – offensive line groups from the last like mm-hmm. 21st century earlier today how are you because you you have we we kind of had a, a conversation talking about Josh Revis and Cooper Beebe and those guys how are you feeling about uh, the running backs and the offensive line going into this next season then as well well I love Deuce Vaughn I think he's a superstar in the making he was already showing his ability last year uh, Joe Irvin Jacardi Wright they're kind of question marks but everything that people in the know have been saying is that they've been doing some good things. Um, the offensive line, I in the last few games of the season, they were kicking butt. If Cooper Beebe gets a chance to move inside, I mean, he just dominates. He's a good offensive tackle, but he's a fantastic offensive guard. They've got pieces. I think they could be really good. And then what are your thoughts on Because I know a lot of people – you know, dog on Malik Knowles from time to time. What are your thoughts on him and then the rest of the receiving core as well? I know we have Sebastian Taylor coming back. We'll have uh, – is it – shoot, what's Weber's first name? I can't think of it. You, you, you know, Landry. 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 I couldn't yeah. – because I know Stanton is the, the older. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't remember mm-hmm. Landry's name. But what, how are you feeling about the receiving core then as well? Man, Malik Knowles is maybe my favorite player on the team. I know people were dogging on him last year. He did have a bad year. He had a lot of personal stuff he was going through. You know, I mean, everyone has stuff to deal with, but I think he's going to bounce back. I think he will be playing in the NFL before it's all said and done. You know, there was a guy named Quincy Morgan who had a problem with drops. There was a guy named Byron Pringle that had a problem with drops. They bounced back. They had great seasons. I think he'll follow that path. Who would you say in your mind are just – some of the top guys to look forward to here. Because, you know, you talked about Malik Knowles a little bit. We talked about um, Draw McPherson, Skyler, obviously Deuce Vaughn. Are there any more, like, under-the-radar type players that you think are going to kind of jump through and stick out to people? Mm-hmm. There's Keenan Garver out of Lawrence, Kansas. I think a lot of people had written him off, but he's been having a great offseason out here. Uh, Felix Anudike on defense. He showed what he could do a little bit last year as a true freshman. I think he is going to compete for a starting position this year at defensive end. Uh, there's a few young guys on the offensive line. Carver Willis, Whit Mitchum, Taylor Portier. <laughs> you know you said. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of good young talent. So then, you know, I Nate, Nate and I, we have this segment on the show. You're a big Twitter guy. We talk about this sort of thing. We have, we have a, a little segment where we talk about dumb Twitter stuff where I think we're going to bring that up a little bit later. 
Speaking of things, you know, where we just talk about things that are dumb on Twitter and make fun of them, and probably the dumbest thing, I assume you saw this. I know it it got out around the Big 12. KU's spring practice trophy that is obnoxiously huge. <laughs> they gave huge. out a spring, yeah, spring no. practice trophy? Yeah, There's it was a, 15 feet high. It is, it is, wait, how high did you say it is? It's 15 feet high, at least that's what I saw on Twitter. 15 feet. It looked feet. like it was that big. Nate, if I could have captured a picture of your face in this moment, because that is that was just gold. No, I'll pull up a picture of it. I can K can KU do anything right? This is just this is just directed <laughs> to both of you. KU football is one of the most. I mean, KU athletics point, is one of the most well laughable things ever. Just ha- yeah, no, I agree. I think I think you have mm-hmm. to to yeah. to just have fun with it. They just hired a new head coach too, and I don't remember his name. Buffalo. He's from Buffalo. I don't remember his name, but yeah, but. I, I don't think I've seen a bigger laughing stock yeah. out of any team <laughs> ever than, than the they, than, they love their spring games. And they put that they were one and oh a few years back. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's Oh, it's ridiculous. It's so dumb. But yeah, here here you go, Nate. I'll pull up a Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. That is obnoxious. That is so dumb. They're not even wearing masks. <laughs> not even wearing masks. Oh, <laughs> get out of here. Well, the last thing I kind of wanted to hit, are you are you big into the NFL and big into the just in all sports in general or do you have a do you have certain things that you follow more than others? I definitely follow college sports more, but I still follow the NFL as much as I can. Are you familiar with the Aaron Rodgers drama that is surrounding that whole yeah, organization right now. What are your What are your thoughts there? Because I I definitely have my thoughts as a Packers fan. I definitely have my opinions, and I know Nate does too. But I I was curious to hear your thoughts on that. So, as a Packers fan, have you heard anything about uh, Love? Their their second year QBU. I haven't heard a single thing. Is he Is he going to be good? Uh, sure. I <laughs> well, whenever they whenever they have an opportunity to play him, they play uh they play Boyle. Tim Boyle. Bo- like it's, who's a, who's a well, it doesn't player. make sense because it's like when Mahomes got drafted, the end of the year they had already locked up their playoff spot, so they bench Alex Smith and they didn't play, they didn't play Chad Henney, they didn't play Matt Moore, they played Patrick Mahomes because they wanted to see how Patrick Mahomes did in an NFL game. So it doesn't make any sense that they had a situation like that where they benched Rodgers at the end of the year and they played. They played Tim Boyle. Well, here, here's the deal. I'm not defending Tim Boyle, and I'm not bashing Jordan Love by any means. I, I just feel like you're attacking <clears> me right now, and I, I had a long day. I don't. Really I'm not. Need atta- that. I'm saying it doesn't. What they're doing makes no you're, sense. You're yelling at me. In my I'm face. not yelling at you. I'm yelling about the Packers. It doesn't make but any sense. But you're doing it in my general direction. I am in your general it's, direction. It's upsetting me. I'm sorry. And I don't I'll do it at the today. wall. I'll yell at the other direction. Thank you. Is that better? No. Yeah. And you're whatever. But okay. So here's here's my here's my thoughts on that. So. Jordan Love, obviously, sh- I you shouldn't have drafted Jordan Love. I think with first that that's just first and foremost. You shouldn't have drafted Jordan Love because you have all this talent in this draft then as well. I think you easily could have traded up and possibly gotten somebody in this draft. But I don't know. I definitely think that they should have been playing Jordan Love more. Nothing against Tim Boyle, but I definitely think that they should have been playing Jordan Love more. And you then hear what comes out with Aaron saying that he doesn't want to play for the Packers anymore. Then he comes out and says, "I'm the the only the only way I'm coming back is if you fire Gutenkeist or Goody, whatever, whatever 
whatever the GM's name is. I can't, I don't remember. But then he comes out and says, oh, no, I'm just going to retire. So, I don't know. I think that this is a two-party thing. I think that Aaron is definitely being a little bit of a diva, but at the same time, I think he's definitely, you know. I, he's justified. I think he's justified. Thank extent, you. Yeah. yeah, I think he's justified with the way that this organization is or organization has handled this team over the last few seasons. That that's just that's my thought on that, Clint. I just didn't know what your what your thoughts are. Is he? Do you think he's being a diva? Do you think that you know it's justified? Oh, I think he's totally being a diva. But man, I. I this happens every once in a while. Your team will just make a stupid decision and draft a quarterback instead of giving you a, a weapon. You just got to prove that they're idiots and go out and and he did that this year. He and so I'm not sure what exactly he's doing now. I guess he's just wants out. So more power to him. Exactly. There had to have been something else. I think than just because like he had a phenomenal year. Something had to have happened. You know what, what it I'm, is? Wasn't what it? it? Is? What was it? It's a girl. There's a girl involved. It's the same thing that happened. He wants to move to California. He wants to move to California with uh, whatever her name is. She was in, like, the Divergent movies. I can't even remember her name. She's some Shailen actress. Shailen Woodley. Shailen Woodley, yeah. thank you. Yeah, he's he starts whatever dating her. Whatever happened to Danica Patrick? That's what I was just what about I, to bring that, that up. That because like... what, what happens? What happens? He breaks his collarbone. He comes out and starts, like, dating Danica Patrick for whatever reason. And then he starts getting all in this way. I think it's – here's the deal, Nate. I love Molly. Shout out Molly. We got to stay away from from the girls cuz they they he's got to stay away from it because it's getting it's getting to his head. Mm-hmm. And I think he's I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think she's putting Shailene Woodley is putting thoughts in Aaron Rodgers' head and I don't I don't like that one bit. Yeah. I you're probably right. <laughs> I, I probably yeah. am. Yeah. yeah. But no, I <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is just he's a simp it seems like. I mean, he's he's just he's He's letting his his girl decide how he lives his life. That's just not okay. That's he just, just not wants a... to go host Jeopardy. I think he'd be fine if he just never played football again. Exactly. Are you are you just saying are you saying you just want him out of the league or are you saying that you want him to go host Jeopardy? I don't understand the connotation behind that. I think that's his prerogative. He <laughs> wouldn't mind. He has leverage now. He can be like, "Oh, don't trade me. I'll just go play Jeopardy. Yeah, I go, have I'll my just career." Go host Jeopardy. Yeah, he has he has he has all the leverage in that situation. He's like, I have a perfectly fine career <laughs> waiting for me whenever I want to leave. So are you are you uh, big Aaron Rodgers guy? Are you a Tom Brady guy? Who are you? Who's who's the goat in your mind, Clint? Uh, well, you know, I'm not a big Tom Brady guy. I don't like him, but yeah, you got to admit he's the goat. Are you are you big Especially Chiefs guy? He got away from Bill Belichick and still won it. Say that again. Are you big Chiefs guy? Oh yeah. Okay, I assume are you are you from? Are you, I feel like a lot of these guys are based out of. Kansas City in that area. I didn't know if if that's where you hail from and and what you were. I'm born and raised in Manhattan, Kansas. Oh well, how about? I think you know what you know what, Clint. You might just be the best K State Twitter account, and I'll say I'll say it outright right now because I know that there are probably people listening from Manhattan, born and raised. He runs the account. He's, he's not all a Kansas about K State. He is the he, he's Kansas He's not a K State. Yeah. He is not a K State fan he is the k-state fan yeah ladies well, and gentlemen he's incredible clint the k-state fan the k-state fan you lost the account you're back now i just I'm want to applaud it. you and thank you for coming on the show giving your little insight because i know you're a big you're a huge k-state guy do you have any closing uh 
closing remarks or statements that you would like to uh, to share here? Uh, yeah, tell you what, uh, we're going to be, me and a few buddies are going to be starting a K-State podcast here within the next month or two. We're going to be diving into Snyder 2.0, breaking down the seasons, just having a good time, talking about some K-State football, good times and the bad. We don't even have a name yet. We've been running through a bunch. Might have to put up a K-State Twitter poll, see uh, what the fans like. Uh, because we really can't come to a decision on that. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can find him on Twitter at the K State Fan Two. Round two, the artist formerly known as the K State Fan. Ladies and gentlemen, Clint, the K State Fan. Thank you. Hey, I I really appreciate it. I know how much work you put in on uh, on the Twitter and everything that you do, and I just I I just needed to come uh, pick your brain for a little bit. I really appreciate yeah, you coming on. It's really fun for me. Beautiful. Well, I'll go on ahead and let you go. I know it's getting late. You probably got some uh, you got some thinking to do. You got to get the name down for the podcast. So I'll yeah. go on ahead. Uh, <laughs> I'll go on ahead and let you go. But Chris, or Clint, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. What uh what a great guy. I think we we've definitely had a lot of, and I say this I say this every time. We've had a lot of guys come on the show and we've talked to a lot of guys, but he's definitely one of the highest like well-known K-State like he just he does it all. He gets the videos, he t- he talks to some players sometimes, he puts out all of this stuff. Like if you if you are a K-State fan, specific and especially like a K-State football fan, and you want your, like, if it's not football season and you want that dose of, like, K-State adrenaline, go look at this guy's Twitter because he is on it 24-7. He is grinding. It is absolutely insane. I, I love him so much. I think he's I think he's doing some of the best work out of anyone on, on the Internet right now in terms of K-State content. I agree. And I don't use Twitter much. I say that all the time. I don't really get on Twitter much, but... What I do, I love going and just checking out his Twitter account because I love old K-State football stuff. I love old sports stuff in general. Um, I follow lots of like old sports accounts just because I like seeing that stuff. And i got to be honest, I just love seeing his old videos of K-State football from the 90s and from the early 2000s and you know none from the mid-2000s, but then come back in the, the 2010s. And, yeah, it's... It's super great. I love getting my K-State football fix, especially here in the offseason when I don't have any football to get excited about. So I agree. I, I I hate to agree with you, but I in terms of just content, you know, we gotta we gotta disagree on something sometimes. But for this, yeah. No, I agree. And what what a better way to uh you know, just kind of wrap up the show. You know, I, I don't really have anything else, so I figure let's just take a gander at the land of uh of the tweets and the Twitter. For, uh, for some dumb Twitter stuff. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And may God have mercy on your soul. All right. Kicking off the list, dumb Twitter stuff. Here we go. The first one that I see, uh, just scrolling through, I, I, have a couple, I have a couple things to say here, is... Uh, so there was the the clip of the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, where this guy like took this girl on a date to a Diamondbacks uh, game. They got they caught like a foul ball or something like that, and then like they took a picture, they posted it everywhere, and then the Diamondbacks came back and they were like, "But the question on everyone's mind 
is there a third date happening here? And then I think it was the well, one of the two, the guy or the girl came out and they were like, most likely we're probably gonna have a third date. And the internet was like, yes, yeah, like the whole the whole thing. Right? Everyone's having a good time. It sounds like there's a butt coming. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so the this this I don't know who this is. I'm not gonna drop any names. They come out and they're like, I am simply begging straight men to try harder than athletic shorts and a spring training t-shirt on a date. That's all. I mean, what do you want me to wear? It's a what? baseball it's game. It's a baseball game. Yeah. So, so this this response is uh it's just a picture of a guy in a suit getting yeah. ready to go to the baseball game. Like yeah. come on. You what a, like you said, what else are you going to wear? You know, wear? maybe it is a little insulting wearing a spring training shirt. At least get a nicer shirt. But, but it's, come it's, on, still it's a, a baseball game. It's a baseball game. game. Yeah. Give the man yeah. a break. Come on. More dumb. I don't think this is dumb. I think this is being blown out of proportions. Devontae Adams, staying on the Aaron Rodgers topic, tweeted out four hours ago. He says, got to appreciate what you got while you got it. That's just wisdom. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers or not, you got it. That's that's true in any area of life. You're one of those people that's going to be like 45 years old, like 45, 50 years old, and you're going to be on Facebook, and you're just going to be like reposting those dumb like inspirational pit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know a few of those people. It's like the those posters that you see in the doctor's office where it's like the whale's tail coming yeah. out of the water mm-hmm. and it's like stay positive. My dad <laughs> my dad has a subscription to a company. I can't remember what it's called, but it's that like opposite. And it's like it's like sarcastic, like it's called Despair Incorporated. And it's just like stupid, like I, like stupid sarcastic stuff. If you Google them, they're literally some of the funniest things ever. My dad like has them in his office. He has a calendar of them. They're literally some of the funniest things ever. And they're like spoofs of those doctor's office ones. Another dumb thing I saw, not to like, here's the deal. I'm not coming at, I'm not coming at K-State. That's not what I'm here to do. It's uh, the rack is opening up yet again for everyone here in town, all the students. Uh, for for the basketball courts, they're opening up, but they're only doing three on threes, and a lot of people just want to run five on fives. But they're like, nah, those extra those extra people coming on the court can't have that. And I just think that's dumb. I not to say that I think that COVID is over, but you look and no, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to get political either. That's not what I'm here to do. I just think that sometimes things get blown out of proportion. I'm just kind I'm just ready for it to be over. Nate, I am just ready for COVID to be done. And well, and I saw something that was like, the CDC announces that if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear masks outside anymore. I was like, I haven't been wearing masks outside anyways. Like, why does me being vac? Can't I just not wear masks inside? I'm vaccinated. Like, what? I just want to be done with it. Yeah, I'm ready. And that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at too at this point. And it's like, whatever. I think I think it's dumb. That's just my thought. Those are my uh, my picks for the dumb Twitter stuff for the week. But to wrap up the show here before we go, thank you, everybody, for tuning in here on Wildcat 919 New Music Now. I'm your host, Colin Settle. This was Settling the Score, as always, joined by the lovely Nate Gray. Nate, do you have any parting words before we take off? Daniel Lynch, Royals uh, pitcher, making his first game, first start tonight, MLB debut. Expecting big things, but I'm excited to see what happens. So that's really all I got. Follow me on Twitter at Colin Settle. Nate doesn't use Twitter, so I'm not going to plug that. Follow the show at Score Settling. This was Settling the Score right here on Wildcat 919. New music now. 
Colin Settle for Nate Gray, signing off. We'll see you next week.